All right, and we are live again with another episode of Dowcast. Uh, this time with uh, Felipe, which has been one of the pollinators that has recently most contributed to Dowstack, and we're pretty happy to have him here. Uh, Stratis is also with us. Hello, everyone. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a. It's nice to just recognize uh, where we're speaking from again. I'm now in Sao Paulo. Uh, Stratis is again in Athens from Greece. And Felipe, where, where are you speaking from? I'm right now in Berlin, uh, where we are getting ready to say, hey, winter. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be <laughs> tough. Winter in Berlin is uh, <laughs> quite an experience. I remember that. Uh, all right, so welcome, Felipe, to, to the show. And you, yeah, it would be really nice. Uh, also, you're Brazilian, right? So yeah, I'm Brazilian as well. I'm yeah. The... Yeah. It's a funny fact. Like, we've had, I think, now three Brazilians in the show. And I think that's representative of the, of the DAO stack, or at least of the pollinators community. There's lots of Brazilians there. Yeah, Brazil is a definitely one of the. I mean, by coincidence or whatever, but the, the social innovation community of Brazil is very, very strong. Yeah, um, a lot of people are looking into, maybe because of our social upheavals in general, um, <laughs> we have a very good reason to try to prototype a new way of making decisions. Yeah, because yeah, the current ones kind of suck <laughs> or totally suck. But in, in any case, uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about you know, how you came into this world of, of DAOs and, and what you've been doing around it. That would be pretty cool. Okay. Um, well, the way I was onboarded into DAOstack has everything to do with my friendship with Eric um, and our collaborations in the past. So everything goes back five or six years. And we actually recorded a podcast and I posted on my wall for his birthday. So if you guys want to check that on Facebook, it's called it's called reclaiming your ontology with eric rodriguez and it's an interview with him and we talk about this the, the story in full detail um and yeah so i have been active doing workshops and facilitating for many years before i knew this was an actual profession and everything started when i was teaching painting which is something i still do and so the, the whole situation of the painting teaching, it's more about giving people or helping people become aware that they do have creative agency over the world. So in simple words, I used to say that I, my job is to help people transition between a consumer mindset to a creator mindset. And I'm very happy with this, this vocation. Mm. And I'm constantly looking for ways to do it better. Um, there's a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, and the way it happened in Brazil, I was involved as one of the original ideators and funders of a collaborative house where it was completely self-managed. So it was an in real life DAO. And, and the vector of interaction was a physical space that was rented by me and a business partner. And we basically just invited everyone to come and take part and say, hey, we are, we are the last threshold uh, of the risk. And so we are footing the bill, but help us. So here's a box, put your money here. And here's a poster with all the bills. And here, here is a scoreboard that we fill it up with chalk 
on how, mon how much money have we, we have collected every month or at each point of the month. And we only have three rules here. One, that this place has no official function, uh, no name. The name is the address. And yeah, it will not crystallize a function. That is a rule. Second rule is you're not allowed to crystallize a position or a function as well. So there's no staff. There's no responsibilities. If you see something dirty, you clean it. If you see something broken, you fix it. If you want to change something, change it. Don't ask for permission. Just do it. If somebody doesn't like it, it will change again. And there's no rules because we assess that rules are a way to save on relationship. And we didn't want to save on relationship. We wanted to incentivize a extremely relational system through trust, right? Enabling trust. Um, that, that was the experiment. And it wasn't the first. There was two houses in Brazil that kind of ran the same uh, software, uh, which was, well, technically three. It was Madalena 80, Laboriosa 89, and Casa Liberdade. They were the yeah. first two ones were in Sao Paulo and the first one was in Porto Alegre. Yeah, I recall and this. So we, me and Eric actually met way before this and then this happened and this led to a research program between Berlin, China and Brazil. And oh, wow. yeah, um, it was like an art residency focused in collaborative economy. And that's what brought me to Berlin originally. And when I was here around the fifth day, there was this weird like, tingling sensation and voice in my head that crystallized in a sentence, which was basically chill, don't be a tourist, just meet people because you're going to live here. Mm. And, and it happened, right? Mm. So when it came time to go to China, Eric was invited to come with, we went to China and we shared a deep experience there uh, in the sense that it was a challenging environment to think about collaboration. And when he joined the Dallas Tech team, he was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to this right now. And it took me, it took me a while. Like blockchain wasn't, uh, it was very counterintuitive to me to like, I'm not a tech guy at all, but now, um, just long story short, I'm, I like, it's, it's like Madonna playing in my head, like a virgin, you know, I'm excited like a teenager again. <laughs> um, so that's, that's amazing. And yeah. So thanks, nice. thanks, thanks for saying that I'm one of the, the people that contributed the most. I'm not sure. Like, it's completely uh, a new thing for me. Like, I never did online collaboration. So it's all absolutely new and exciting and fresh. Um, I was also very lucky that maybe in my second week or something, East Berlin happened and then I got to meet everybody. So that, that was super cool. And definitely made it easier for me to have... Uh, emotional skin in the game you know mm. I'm, I'm a very emotive guy in the end the, oh that's uh, the that's purpose the purpose kpis are are really uh taken into account <laughs> on this side okay okay i i really like this uh this emotional skin in the game and the purpose kpi um this is this, yeah this is something that i think is very easy to see in projects like uh, Templo, right? The collaborative house you, you were talking about. Like, if you're there, if you're part of it, like you... No, no, I wasn't talking about Templo. Templo is a business. Oh, that's not Templo. Okay. I uh, thought, it's Katech it was... 92. It was a oh, okay. completely right. different monster. Okay, my bad, my bad. But yeah, just to get back to that point, like, 
in Kadetu 92 then like you 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 have skin in the game by just going inside the house right and and being part of it that's not that's not so easy i guess with DAOs, uh, is it like because in the end you're interacting with the software um, and of course you have an online community but it's it's i'm not sure if it's by design it's by default that you you have that kind of like emotional skin in the game would you would you would you think so or what's your no it's definitely not by default but i think in the house situation it's not that different because once oh, you okay. once you approach it as an outsider i mean there's somebody else paying the bill you have all the incentives in the world to take advantage of the system and also the system wasn't designed in any way to protect uh from you taking advantage of it it was actually saying hey come here take advantage of it let's see how long it lasts Let's see, let's see how long it takes until your heart kicks in, motherfucker. And, and it was a successful experiment from our side, you know? Let's see. Let's see. It's amazing. The, the other day I was, I was talking to uh, like an, a software architect, like he was leading a team and they were building a fully decentralized wallet um, that would support like a... Uh, currencies from like 15 different blockchains so but it would also be completely decentralized yeah <clears throat> and I was talking to him about Dostack and he told me that you know what I would do is that I would take this piece of uh, software and I, I would I would introduce it like to to a, a local community like to, to a neighborhood or like to to a small municipality and then i would see like what felipe just described like the relational uh, relational uh, uh, you know dynamics that would play out by using the tool but at the same time all these people would be you know the same physical space they would have other relationships uh, beyond the the tool itself right and they would transact in ways that the tool would not be able to to assist them with right because you don't only transact with votes or with money you you do all sorts of transactions with other people all the time um, it's, you know they play they play a huge role and this is definitely something that is not immediately transferred when you have just an online community and I'm really fascinated that you Felipe you said that um, you, you you got like uh, the, the emotional like skin in the game. You you, you got motivated and you you you, you were um, passionate f because you met the actual people that are involved. Uh, it's so interesting. Yeah, very very interesting. Amazing. Yeah, for me it makes all of the difference because I was generally like truly not able to have online friendships. It's not something that really happened in my life. Mm. Even, even actual like physical friendships um, that started physical, once they become far apart, I, I, unless we are doing something together, I'm, I'm a very work, like workaholic, or one could say that I actually don't work ever. <laughs> I'm just always creating stuff. Mm. And I just get super hyped on everything that I'm doing. And yeah, it's much easier for me to stay in touch with people. I don't know, it's something that happened in my personality, maybe influence of family and stuff that everything that I do, it's kind of always, I tried, I tried to be like a commercially minded professional, but I only feel good 
when I'm working on the update of the social contracts that we walk into uh, merely by tradition that are causing systemic effects that nobody wants. And I mean, I know the sentence by heart because it's in my mini bio, you know, it's like kind of the only thing that kind of truly uh, makes me happy. And when I found Daustech, man, it was like, whoa, I'm not alone. And that was, <laughs> that was a moment, you know, that was a moment. I'm uh, maybe in two months, you guys will break my heart into a million pieces, but uh, I'll also <laughs> We'll still send you flowers, so don't worry. <laughs> hey, I love when people send me flowers, Tratis. I'm waiting. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so having said all that, uh, given your history and your, your current excitement for Dowstack, um, what, what, how, would you, how would you define the, the idea of a DAO? Like in general terms, beyond you know, what, what, you, what you know about Dowstack or, or your involvement with them? Um, let me research inside myself. I think this is an opportunity actually to sort of the, make a cautionary remark. Just because we call it DAO, it doesn't mean it's a DAO, right? Um, so I, I tend to refrain from extreme statements in the sense that I, I think DAOs are attempts at more distributed than centralized organizations, right? And we need to create a language that can um, conceive of a spectrum. And we need to create sort of uh, distribution KPIs or dis distribution perceptual perception indexes. And that's what uh, I just submitted a blog community post, which talks about flow control, right? Uh, so you guys can actually see it already on the, on the, on the community docs, community blog docs. And, Flow control is attempt to give a name to the voluntary maximization of information asymmetry to seize an opportunity, right? Which is uh, it's what happens everywhere. But if it happens too much, um, we, we're going to edge towards centralization and we're going to have a loss of spontaneous and generous agency uh, in, the, in the participants. And so I, I wanted to give it a sort of a name. This is, I didn't come up with this name. This is something we talked about often in, in the house. And I just wanted to introduce this, this nomenclature to us. And the, the text sort of act as a introduction or a, a seduction, intra-seduction to, to go read the Dow Defense Protocol, uh, which Daniel wrote, which is amazing. Like, Daniel apparently sat down and like racked his brain to think of all the ways that he would attack us. And he was very successful in <laughs> enlisting them um, <clears throat> as part of the ATF initiative. Um, and we actually didn't coordinate at all. I was writing this from a more like sensitive, emotional, relational point of view while he was having this very like systemic, raw approach. And by the time I finished mine, I read his and I was like, oh, fuck. And then I just linked the two texts at the end. Um, so this is the beautiful things that happened in a more distributed and centralized uh, style of interaction. But just because our name is a DAO, uh, it doesn't mean that we don't have to remain vigilant, right? Especially mm -hmm. when new waves of users come, the, the information symmetry tends to be huge. So, I, for, for lack of a better word, um, I wanted, I'm, I'm thinking, like, what is the level of reflection that the first adopt, the early adopters have to do in terms of role modeling a, a system designed for generosity? 
um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. Because I'm already like third wave or something, you know, and at some point, there's going to be like 15th. <laughs> um, yeah. And one of the things that made the house really cool is that the way that it was designed, you could not find the center. You just couldn't, you know. The center was for you, whoever brought you in. And, and then when you brought people in, you were the center to them. So it's like a blockchain, like a social blockchain or something like that. Right? Yeah. Um, so we have to think about that. But when we're using information technologies, like all of the, the calls and these, these like decision-making, planning, all the, like the house didn't have any official meetings ever to decide anything, right? We do. We have a bunch. Uh, we even have a police force, you know? So, yeah. so that's why I felt sort of this urge to, to start talking about this and give it a name and get us reflecting about it. No Thank accusation, you. no accusation, just like an intuition. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something really interesting. And as you were speaking, I was, I was going to ask you if you identify a center at DAOSTEC, which I think you do. Well, we have a center, man. The funding comes only from one place. Yeah, yeah. So we are, yeah. We, we are more distributed and centralized compared to XYZ. But right. um, we need to be able to see a, a spectrum. Right. Ideally, at least qualitatively KPI it and, and aim for higher degrees of, of distribution. And I feel the current trend over the last two weeks hasn't been that. The, the current trend has been everybody getting a little scared. Mm. Or uh, scared is not the right word. It's too strong. But everybody's like dealing with their own flow control temptation. And this is a healthy process and it's cool and, and we have to talk about it a lot. Um, but in terms of picking your hat in this discussion, because I've went through like really high levels of personal and financial risk to defend uh, decentralization, I'm kind of putting this hat on here as well, I guess, Absolutely. at the moment, for now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I mean, at the end, that's, that's, this is the kind of uh, approach that will really push forward the whole experience of the DAO. Like when, when the, the, the thinking is around how to make it even more distributed, uh, perhaps more safely distributed. I don't know if, if that's... Resilient point. yet distributed. Yeah. 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 Matan has a list of three words that are really good. I forgot them. What, what are they? Um, What's that? The three words? Uh, resilient. He has, a, he has a, like... Resilient, scalable. Yeah. And, well, I'm not, I'm not sure, actually, about these three words. Oh, well, it should be tip of tongue for us. We have to do our work better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, related to this and also to something you said, like, you... You mentioned like the the creation of of, a, of an entire vocabulary of an entire lexicon for for, for this experience. Mm -hmm. you, you put a word out there, a term, a flow control. Yeah, um, I think that's. That I, so the yeah. thing is, if you if you've never seen a chair and you don't need to sit down, let's say you're a flamingo, you don't need to sit down. When you see a chair, you have no concept to define the person. Right. 
So we need to create concepts for social percepts. And because I'm a facilitator, that's kind of my job. It's to raise awareness of things and to raise awareness of them. Um, imagine that a meme, like a, uh, an idea, sensation, for, thought-forming event, um, could be like a molecule in your brain. If you don't have an adequate receptor for that percept, if you don't have a concept to fit it in, if you don't have a name, you, don't, you can't really put it in a mind frame. You can't really react to it then. So right. that, that's why these efforts are kind of important. And it's part of the, the, the narrative creation. I think it's, yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I quite often think about that, like, what, are the, what is the, the language uh, most appropriate for, for this kind of experiments, like running a DAO and et cetera. I particularly think that the, the entire language and toolkit of complexity, complexity science would be perfect, but then you need to like, you need people to go and learn that. Um, but that's with the same, with, with any kind of like lexicon, like people will have to kind of like learn it. So they kind of play the game. And then with that in mind, I, I worry about something in regards to this sort of like specific vocabulary, which is this, entrance that threshold right uh, because if we focus too much on that and you know an entire culture develops around this lexicon where you know without it you can really interact then you create a boundary for the DAO perhaps an invisible one uh, mm -hmm. and that's kind of it's not ideal right because ideally you want the DAO to be as open as possible or at least that's kind of how I approach it what, what do you think about that um, <clears throat> okay, I will, I'll proceed with caution because there might be some personal prejudices that uh, come out, of, come out <laughs> in, relation to, in relation to academia and things like this because I haven't been to okay. college, right? And my training, my training is in like phenomenolo phenomenology for social practitioning uh, coming a lot from Goethe, which is a German playwright and, and poet who also became a quote-unquote scientist. And he created a whole way of approaching science that went completely ununderstood until we had systems thinking and chaos math. Right. Um, so I think, I think jargon is dangerous. It's kind of what you're saying. Like the jargon, jargon raises the barrier of entry and it serves to create, uh, to protect the interests of an, uh, of an elite, kind of what you're right. saying. Right. So that's, right. Um, that's a thing for sure. And that's why I'm, I act with sort of the interest of giving um, very proletarian names to things. You know, it's, it's flow control. It's not like um, whatever. And there's, there's like all these weird names in the... Homeostasis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> so my job is to act as an emotional translator of, of social realities. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of there's, we have to walk that line for sure. Um, I mean, flow control is not that hard to... For me, homeostasis is better to understand. <laughs> and I feel very underprivileged right now because, like, why don't you guys want to use Greek words? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's another thing, right, with any vocabulary. Let me, let me just Google homeostasis really quick. Yeah. <laughs> with any vocabulary you you have like 
in a in an international experiment in a global experiment you will be kind of like excluding anybody just by the default of the language itself right and, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah i think i think we take for granted that so actually, homeostasis like, homeostasis yeah. is what we should like strive for and flow control is what would eventually kill homeostasis in the system right right after my quick googling session yeah yeah sort of but if you have internal flow control then flow control is used to preserve homeostasis yeah 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 uh not really I, well not in the way that i meant it so we are like yeah 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 no, i guess it's, uh, yeah. yeah so flow control now we have to find a better name actually because flow control as i meant it is when you try to control the flow but you understood flow control as keeping the flow happening in a healthy way exactly yeah um, yes. but when yes. i wrote the text i'm talking about maximizing the the unfairness in information flow for your personal advantage oh um, okay okay which is normal it's absolutely normal yeah but yeah absolutely it's just something for, and, and it can done it can be done in a way that it's not malevolent at all um but we just need to be able to talk about it that's all that's all that I that I wanted. No, that's 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 so important. I, I I see so I see so much value in that in having a common language from which you can I can use. even give an example of how to use it. For example, like uh, in the house it would happen like I will tell a story that I when I actually did flow control with a non-malevolent goal, right? Mm -hmm. So we had this box where all the money was in. That's where the, all the money was stashed. It was an open secret. It was like in the third drawer somewhere in a cat, like where, where we took the money from the, the collective box and we kept it until the next month to pay for the rent and the, and the right. stuff. And like, it's, it wasn't openly sitting there, but it was also completely like anybody could know where it was. And for a coincidence, because of a coincidence, um, the one person went, and put money in the box and got out of the house because the, the box is a two-way system there's nothing stopping you from taking money out and there's nothing stopping you from putting money in somebody just put money in went out one person went into the room came out and then the same person that put money in went back and said hey i need change for a cab and they went there to like get change for the cab which is completely acceptable within our system yeah. and then he realized that the other person that just went in had retrieved or uh, yeah, just, just took 500 reais from the box, which is a relevant sum. Mm. And by luck, I was the first person that he, he came to, to chat with, like really kind of not angry, but like disturbed about it. And I was like, man, that's the game. It's a generous system. Whoever decided to take it probably needed a, a lot. My, I won't tell anyone. I will control this flow. I don't want to tell anyone and I would appreciate if you didn't as well. And because I think that entering sort of a punishment discussion is completely against what the whole system represented. My personal opinion is that it's completely okay for this person to retrieve 500 reais. I knew that this person had a child. I knew that this person was jobless. I knew that this person was selling drugs on the side to, to, to survive. Mm. And even, even that, that didn't matter. What mattered was in principle, it's open. It should be resilient enough to survive mm. that attack. 
And yeah, so I controlled the flow because I wanted to preserve like the purity of the experiment. That's an example of flow control. It's like a perfect example of non-malevolent flow control. Uh, and it was for my personal gain because if I didn't want to go through uh, the discussion of like, should we punish, should we not punish? I, I just didn't want to put up with that. So that was my decision. <laughs> but I also didn't do anything to stop that guy from telling other people. Eventually, six months later, he did tell somebody who was really, really fucking angry that she wasn't notified because she was of the punishing kind. <laughs> and, she and she felt, um, yeah, she felt like she was duped or something. And this person happened to be my partner at the time. Right? So then my flow control came to bite me in the ass. And I had a lot of relationship problems because of this later. Oh, shit. So this is like a real life sort of account, like a phenomenological observational account of what happened. <clears throat> Just to exemplify what I'm calling flow control. And you guys are creative. Yeah. You guys can think of a hundred ways you can do this on a daily basis. Yeah, but I think that we, we need... Uh... Like, you remember, Danilo, when we were uh, talking with uh, Lucas, for example, that, yeah. like, how much perspective a person that has been, you know, in a sort of, like, a collaborative environment, uh, like Felipe has in the past, for example, like, the, like, these experiences can bring so much on the table, yeah. like, yeah, and yeah. I think that we need, like, to, to bring more Felipe's in the in the team right in like uh in in the DAO in general i think th we would benefit huge from it yeah um, and i think not only having them but like having ways having channels from which they can share their experiences because i mean felipe just by being himself inside the DAO, he will act in ways that you know will uh, put forward everything that he has learned uh, through his collaborative experiences. But also, I think if there are other channels, like this one, like Dowcast, from which he can just talk about this, like, anecdotal experiences, like, that will be so valuable. E even so, to create not a common language, but a common set of experiences, even, that, you know, would, like, kind of, like, put us on a common ground from which we can think about what it is, this, that, what we're doing which is in the end a, a very big collaborative experience uh, because the protocol is out there to be attacked uh, if anybody can do so. Exactly, yeah. And th this, this like opens up room for many different experiments that uh, like Felipe can initiate to attack the system, for example. Like I remember that uh, Pat and I, like uh, we, st we tried to attack the system uh, when, when the Genesis Alpha was launched, for example. Uh, yeah, but Felipe can, can make it even better. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can attack better. Uh, and I will only attack if I feel like attacking. Uh, maybe the, the skill, like, skill set that we have to develop in... I'm going to get a little mystic-y here at the moment. But <laughs> the, skills, the skill set we have to develop is to recognize and position ourselves within the stream of our true will. Right? So the, that's the best gift we can give to the distributed system because then we can actually design it for the best maximization of collective profit from individual true will in manifestation. That is the goal. And, well, yeah. 
And if we convince everybody to act in a certain way, we will design for something that is completely unreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I'm against planning, for example. <laughs> I don't like to plan for the DAO. I think the DAO should plan for itself. <laughs> but the DAO, the DAO will have convulsions of planning desire. And we, we have to deal with that as well. Uh, so the it's the human side of it, the DAO. It's a, no, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a rhythmic dance between pulse and flow. And now yeah. I would have to go into like facilitation jargon of what is a pulse and what is a flow. But flow, flow is a state of continuous flow that is kind of numbing and, and soft. And so it's flow. There's, no, there's nothing that's calling for your attention. It's a constant drumbeat. It's a nice, uh, the, the, the rolling waves, you know? But then if a bomb goes off in the distance, that's a pulse, right? So the, the economy of attention within the several different agents is going to be flowing to a rhythmic dance of pulses, moments of pulse and flow within their, all the agents and what means to them. The work of the development practitioner, the social, the social facilitator person, is to tune his ears to this sort of social drumbeat and to be able to into, into it what sort of intervention is likely to produce a more harmonious, beautiful dance. Because a, a song without a beat cannot be danced. So we don't want just flow. We want pulse as well. Because uh, what, like, the, the way they said it in my training was in a beautiful way. They say a satisfied animal sleeps. And nobody wants a sleeping community, you know? So kind of, I don't know if these ideas are clear to everybody. It's kind of weird for me to be interviewed, actually. I'm kind of just... What... <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I, I, I can it resonate with me, uh, all you said, just to keep on the, using a, a more a musical language. It, it resonates. Uh, all right. All right. So, uh, yeah, I want to be respectful to, to uh, Stratis' schedule. Uh, this is a shorter episode because... Uh, yeah, we need to, to be mindful of that. Um, and yeah, for that, I, I, I think it's a good time to end. Uh, this has been a really nice talk. Uh, it's, it's clear that Felipe has much, much more to share uh, with us. And perhaps we can do that in another episode uh, for season two. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Season <laughs> uh, yeah, but for now, I think we, we cover a lot of ground. And I'm very happy. Like, it's so cool that every time we talk to someone, uh, they come with their own background and they bring their own language into this and like to me it's like like building a big mosaic uh, where you just like have all these different uh, lexicon all these different perspectives and Felipe you brought one that is very very unique and I'm very grateful for that so thank you very much well thanks for the kind words man and uh, give, give me access to the other ones though I want to I want to listen to them yeah we, we yeah. will uh, upload them soon don't worry about that yeah. Come on, come on, open the process. No problem for all. Just open a Google Docs with all the links. Maybe somebody else can help you post it. Maybe somebody else will get generously involved in building it the landing page. Maybe that person will be me because I'm learning Webflow. So that's kind of how the thing goes. All right. Uh, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's, yeah. The, the, the website, the website for, for the house was created spontaneously by somebody. And then somebody like created the scheduling system. And then somebody created a type form that immediately talked to, to the Gmail calendar. And then somebody else created a widget that read the Gmail calendar and turned it into a linear list. Like that's, that's when things start to happen. Like let information flow. I know Assange is not anymore very 
uh, famous. <laughs> we don't like him that much anymore. But that's that's what it was all about, you know. Just let him, just let information just go, go where I want to go. Like, no, no, don't be precious about it. Like, we love you. We love you. <laughs> Come as you are. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just get excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. And uh, very, very appreciative of your time. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Let it flow. <laughs> Hello. So this is Danilo. Um, you just uh, finished listening to the last episode of season one of Dowcast. And as you have seen, um, we just had a very fruitful conversation about collaborative processes. And Felipe was very eager uh, to see Dowcast opening itself to, well, open collaboration with others. And in that spirit, um, recording this message to actually invite anyone who wants to take part in Dowcast from now on, building what is the second season, building what the show should be about, building the idea of Dowcast being a Dow on itself, and just working together uh, towards whichever direction <laughs> the collective intelligence takes us. So if you are interested in that, um, either by you know, helping out as a host, helping out as a editor or whatever other way you can think about. Uh, I'm creating a Telegram group where we can connect and start talking about this. And you can find the group for this uh, Telegram in the show notes. So yeah, please uh, consider this offer. And if it resonates with you, get in touch with us. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it and an amazing new year. See ya.